Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. There's a uh, company that I would suspect 99.9% of us have used and many of us use multiple times a day. 25 years ago today, this company fired up. What do you think that company is like? 25 years ago, it's so late 90s. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking internet-based. Yes. Um, I don't. It, Amazon doesn't seem that old. No. Uh, Google. Yes, sir. Oh, all right. So, nice. September fifteenth, nineteen ninety-seven is actually when the domain was registered, and then it really started to take off in the year two thousand. And, and nowadays, it is just our absolute go-to uh, for anything. Well, you know when. The brand becomes the word associated mm-hmm. with the action, mm-hmm. right? To search something on the Internet is now respectfully known as Googling it. Yeah, go Google it. Yeah. I don't know. Go Google it when your right. kids ask you something. And anything no, no one goes and bings it. No, no. no. What was it? Was there Jeeves asks or something? Ask, ask Jeeves. Yeah, there was, was like ask.com. There was like ask Jeeves. Mm-hmm. There was like Yahoo has a search engine as a part of it, but right. you know most people go straight to Google. Yeah, and in fact, I think the number one search on Google is Google. Yeah, yeah. I think most of us have Google Chrome as our default setting. Yeah, no, it is, it's, it's amazing. And, you know, so for anybody, you know, I guess anybody who would be, uh, well, like maybe even in their early 30s, I mean, Google has just been a, a part of your life forever. You would have assumed it's always been here. But, no, it's, uh, there was a time when if you wanted some information, you'd have to go to the library. <laughs> you'd have to leave the house, maybe get on a bus in the dead of winter, go look at the microfiche. Well, and what was amazing, and I still think back to this in high school, is that sometimes your local library wasn't enough, mm. right? There's a reason there's more than one library in each, uh, you know, area and city, is yeah. that because you know, for some things you'd have to go to like the main library, mm. and for others you'd have to go to the Toronto Reference Library, and which was like, I want to say it's like Young and Bloor. Like, I don't know, and it would be a, a fun little game if you had the time, and I guess we do, where you could just sit at Google and ask the most asinine, obscure questions. And with a hope that at one point Google goes, I don't have an answer to that one. Right. You know, you, 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 the, the, the range is amazing. You, t- tell me about the stars and the moons down to how does stool softener work? I mean, it's all there. <laughs> you know, what's crazy, I think, even more about doing trying that mm. is that not only will you not come up with something that mm. it doesn't have an answer to, but you can think of the most asinine question that you can come up with and it will auto-complete the answer for you <laughs> yeah. as you're typing it. That's right. <laughs> so someone else yeah. has typed that in before. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been around since 97. Uh, it really took off in 2000. Then we got Google News. That launched in uh, 2002. Gmail arrived in 04. Google Maps arrived in 05. Google Chrome was added in 08. The uh, social network Google Plus launched in uh, 2011, but they shut that down in uh, 2019. So I guess that was their only dropped ball in the whole thing. Started by a couple of PhD students at Stanford University. Yeah, they did okay. Yeah, they did just fine. (laughs)
didn't like Google News, to be honest. I stuck with Naked News oh, instead. That's still a thing, you know. I know it's still going. I can't believe it. <laughs> I don't know because I've searched it or looked no. at it. I just heard that it's still going. Yeah, we we were listening to something, and someone referenced <laughs> Naked News. And I thought, my, I remember years ago when Michael Landsberg had that um, off, the record, off that the record, and I was on it once. And it was Rick Vive, me, it was another hockey writer, and a woman from Naked News. And I was sitting across and we're going, is she getting naked? Is this part of the deal? That was the one episode where I actually had to debate with Rick Vive, hockey fighting. Right. Oh, that went well. Lucky and I yesterday golfed at uh, Kidron Dells for uh, the Simcoe Hall Settlement House, the fourth uh, golf tournament for that terrific organization, and always a pleasure and a beautiful day. And uh, had the uh, had the opportunity to hang out with Rob Havery and his pal Mike, and uh, and our good friends over at Buttons. We had dinner with them. It was all just a terrific day. But I will say this: uh, when a guy's got to hand out a compliment, a guy's got to hand out a compliment. <laughs> so. Lucky got there before me, and as I was strolling up to our cart, I noticed sticking out of the back of his golf bag was a lacrosse stick. Right. And I thought, well, that's odd. Why does he have that? And then I thought, oh, maybe you just, like, found it in the parking lot or something. I'm... So uh, we're, we're all gabbing, and... Uh, did I, did I ask you why you had it? Or no, I think you... I had, had a couple people staring at it and yeah. wondering, so I, I pulled it out and explained the reasoning for it. Now, it was amazing because as soon as you told me what you were using this for, I immediately mocked you <laughs> because it just seemed the ultimate height of unbelievable laziness. Right. I, just, you, it is, I thought it has gotten to the point now where Lucky is so lazy <laughs> that he, and, and I, I thought, I don't even know that I'm this lazy, and I'm a slug. So we play a lot of these charity golf tournaments. I host quite a few of them, and over the years I've hosted probably hundreds of them. Yeah. Uh, and I've seen this once. Someone had, uh, like, basically what is a picker. For playing these tournaments, because these tournaments are called scramble tournaments, mm -hmm. right? That you, everyone, if all four in the foursome hit a ball, you go to the the best one and hit from there. So you got to pick up balls along the way right. as you're driving in this cart. And everyone kind of rolls up to their ball, and some have to stop and get out and bend down That's and pick me. it up. Yeah. Uh, others have you know perfected the the kind of the polo scoop yeah. as they're uh, they're going along. And I thought, you know, as I saw it, I've, the kids have had these lacrosse sticks uh, sitting in the in the garage forever. And, you know, they play with them occasionally, but mm. they're quite, this is a small one. It's made for like, like a toddler. Mm. And, and I thought, uh, as I saw it for, for a while, I've been thinking, man, i got to put that in the car. Because wouldn't it be great instead of having to stop and get out or and bend over. bending over on the way out <laughs> to just put this thing down and scoop it up? And I wasn't really sure how it would work. And we found out very quickly on that first hole. It's fantastic. I went from thinking you were the laziest moron <laughs> to thinking you were a genius. Within minutes, I'm like, this is the most brilliant thing. I'm trying to sell it to other golfers or taking bids. I think you already had orders. Well, you got the little basket behind you in the cart. Perfect. And, you know, at one point you could fold it. Look, I was 
putting it in there felt like uh, like Braveheart. Yeah, like you're pulling out Whipping the sword thing and going off. Yeah, uh, off down the fairway we went. We're picking up everybody's ball. It was oh, fantastic. It was amazing. And and then though uh, you did add to it because you know you can never be comfortable enough. Lucky then dreams up the idea, what I need to do is get a magnet attached to the back of it. So I don't even have to reach behind me. I can just hook it onto the frame of the golf cart. It would be somewhat convenient. But at the same time, I, I like that Braveheart sword pull. I, yeah. mean, it's a pretty, I think it's a pretty slick move. And listen, and I have no coordination. And I even tried it a couple of times. Ball, scoop and you, you already got it down to an art where you're scooping and tossing in the air and catching with the other yeah. hand. Or I could just flip around like lacrosse yeah. and throw it onto the green where we're going. Beer in one hand, lacrosse stick in the other. There's not a drip. <laughs> There's not a sip spilt or a drip lost. You, you, my friend, and I don't say this easy, you're a genius. <laughs> Yesterday, we had the uh, story of the uh, Michelin stars being landed and awarded to some Toronto restaurants. I think 12 or 13 of them across the city. Got some Michelin stars, uh, one star uh, for most of them, and then uh, one Japanese restaurant got two. And so I thought, well, that'd be cool. I've never had, uh, I've never eaten at a, a Michelin uh, restaurant. And so I went and I looked it up. And I won't be eating it one soon <laughs> either. Because this Japanese joint is like over 600 bucks a person. Right. It's almost cheaper to fly to Japan than eat. <laughs> For that thing, better fly into Japan. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Could just imagine. I'd go out and spend $600, $1,200 for the lovely Maria and I, and I wouldn't enjoy it. I think it's more. I think it's 650 Is it really? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and maybe the price goes up now that it's a two Michelin stars. Oh, yeah. Good luck even getting in. Because in the food world, the Michelin star is is the trademark. And, mm. you know, as we said, it, it, they've just now come to Canada. Uh, this Michelin guidebook. It's been something through uh, throughout Europe and, and then made its way into the U.S. as well. And if you get a, a Michelin star chef uh, in, in their restaurant, it's a place that you know notably should be visited. And it started, I believe, with the Michelin Tire Company. Oh, they, yeah. They put out a guidebook. Like, you know, basically like, um, you know, before before the days where you just Google where you're going and find out Even everything. Even before and, Pearl's and, and TripAdvisor yeah. and that sort of thing, you'd get... These uh, Michelin guidebooks on suggested places to stop and visit. Hmm. Yeah, it'd be interesting to know what it takes to be a Michelin chef or what the restaurant has to provide. And I, and I guess a lot of the, the Japanese restaurants, because it's it's real particular and it's uh, there's a lot of effort uh, put into to Japanese cuisine. So, uh, as much as I think for many of us, we just think off the top of our head like French cuisine is very hoity-toity. Some Italian foods can be that way as well, but uh, Japanese foods seem to do very, very high on these uh, lists. But at 650 bucks a person, I think I'm sticking with the gas station sushi. Thank you very much. You <laughs> not, not just put a piece of fish on rice and say, here you go. That 7-Eleven sushi is lovely. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I know foodies, it's, this is a big thing for foodies, and this will per, uh, certainly put Toronto on the map for, for people who like to travel around and Try this type of uh, cuisine. I, I like to think I've eaten at some very nice restaurants. I haven't even heard <laughs> of, of the, yeah. the thirteen that are listed. So I guess if I, I guess what it is then is six hundred and fifty bucks a head. You're kind of just going in, and it's off probably uh, like you have different options. Uh, chef's tasting menu. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Huh. Well, I wonder if they've got like a hot dog Michelin in place. <laughs> <laughs> a nice six hundred dollar hot dog. Lucky, I think uh, we finally uh, solved your 
concerns about getting that tattoo that you always wanted to get with your uh, boys, right? Saying, uh, I love you. You wanted to do that sound wave, right? The yeah. recording of it? Yeah, that's what I would do if I was going to get one. Yeah, and it's very nice. But you know, I don't know, outside of just uh, procrastination, what it has been that you haven't gotten it. It could be the idea of the pain of getting it, which You're right, yeah. holds so many people back. Well, that's in the past, because scientists have just invented painless tattoos. Okay. Yes. Not just the stick-on ones? No, these are permanent. Uh, the, the deal with the normal tattoo, of course, if you've uh, got tattoos, and many, many do, it is a it is a thing. It used to be very anti-establishment, and maybe you're a bit impulsive. Definitely tough because those things hurt. But nowadays, uh, so many people have them. And the normal tattoo involves a small needle jabbing you over and over and over again. But this new technique doesn't use needles at all. Instead, there's a patch with thousands of microscopic needles on one side, so small you can't even feel them, and the tattoo is still permanent. The needles aren't even metal. They're made of the tattoo ink that's encased in a material strong enough to get through your skin, then it dissolves. Every tiny needle represents a, a single pixel, and they can be arranged any way you want to create letters and designs. So instead of a tattoo artist... You could design it on a computer, order the patch online, stick it on yourself. Wow. Yeah. It's also supposedly cheaper than a normal tattoo. Lower risk of infection because there's no blood. Right. So, I listen, I, I we know some tattoo artists. I, 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 I wouldn't be too worried. I'm sure your career is still pretty solid. But when this type of thing comes along, you're like, hmm, I wonder uh, if I'm going to still be doing this 10 years slow, from now. Slow down a second. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Right. You look into that. Well, <laughs> and then you can just, you know, Google whatever image you want mm. and put it on there. Just be careful. Because I've often wondered, you know, the popular tattoo is to put some sort of uh, Asian or Chinese symbol right. uh, on you. And you really don't know <laughs> unless you go to an authority to find out exactly <laughs> if that's the right symbol or not. Right. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't just uh, take it randomly off of some website. <laughs> well, we said it's true. I don't know. It must be true. Yeah, and that, listen, just go with the, uh, you know, go with the dragon or your mom's name over your heart or, you know, things that you know for sure are, are going to be the real deal. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, I I have zero interest. I, I, I mean, I like your idea. I've never been able to dream up something that would be so significant to me. Uh, to to permanently right yeah put it on me. Uh, I have I have zero interest in that. But if you wanted to do your uh, your I have very way. very light interest in it. I just, <laughs> and it's waning every day. Yeah. Uh, every time, every time I see them, yeah. Because <laughs> it's no more. I love you now. The way would be like shut up. <laughs> because <laughs> go ask your mother. I can tell you if I was uh, Queen Elizabeth. I would be some upset with Canada right now. We give Queen Victoria her day. She gets the May 2-4. Uh, and uh, we can't even give her her own one day on her funeral. Well, I guess Canada technically has. The federal government has taken a federal holiday on, on Monday. Right, but, Vic, but Queen Victoria Day or May 2-4 is for the entire country. Yeah, everybody gets it off. It's a provincial holiday. This is more, and, and it, it's funny. I was reading an article, seeing one about people who are upset at Doug Ford for not making it a provincial holiday. And 
Again, we we just did a the election poll just came back that like two thirds of Canadians could care less. Oh yeah, no, just the selfish side of me right. writes it off. But I also I have heard that uh, certainly uh, restaurants are happy that uh, this isn't turning into yet another oh, holiday. Oh, we're talking about it. Like, even the federal holiday alone will, mm. could, could cost the, the, the country like a billion dollars sure. in terms of the economy. Because if you're open on the holiday, then you have to pay time and a half. And so we just had Labor Day. We're having truth and reconciliation. If this had also been piled on, plus Thanksgiving like two weeks from now. You're right. So it's a lot of days off for uh, managers and business owners to carry that weight. So, no, I agree we shouldn't have it on. Well, I just think it's funny that Victoria gets her day and Lizzie can't get one. Well, and, and, you know, Doug Ford has often gone back to the let's, you know, keep the kids in schools, to which this one I agree. Yes. Right? yes. If you want to make it a, a day, it's a, it's a provincial day of mourning. Right. It, it is considered that. Flags will be at half mast. There will be a moment of silence mm-hmm. uh, at, at 1 p.m. When the, when the funeral is happening. Uh, and... If your kid is in, if you, if the schools are open, then make it a dedicated day to her to learning about the monarchy or her reign, herself, her kids, the family, whatever. You know, it's a learning opportunity. Treat it as such. I say, if uh, if uh, Victoria gets her day, the Queen needs hers. Diana should have one. Philip as well. <laughs> we take a day off every time somebody in the royal family dies. Where I do disagree with the provincial government on this is. They said, sure, it's not uh, a, a, a provincial holiday. Mm. But then they went and adjourned until October 25th. They're grieving. <laughs> how how much mourning can you possibly <laughs> yeah. do? We lose immediate family members. we got to be back at work after three days. <laughs> <laughs> this is some old granny on the other side of the pond. They need a month. Get to work. <laughs> rock Mornings with, with Craig, Craig Venn and Lucky. Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.